This episode of the Calling It Now broadcast is brought to you by Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, a sport so uninteresting, we're willing to listen to a podcast about fantasy football in the summer. Major League Baseball, it's in the game. Now, let's play that intro song. Calling it now with Frank Calhoun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Calling It Now podcast with Frank Calhoun. I am your host, Frank Calhoun, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Frank Calhoun. And it is so good to be here with all of you today. It is our fifth episode, and we have a jam-packed episode for you today. It is going to be a good one. I promise you that. We have some wonderful segments planned. And at the end, I have an interview with a young boy who tried to make his dream come true of going to watch his team play in the Super Bowl. It's a very inspiring story. It's a very, very good story. I think you guys are going to like that a lot because people like sappy stories. That's what my producers tell me. They tell me that people like hearing a story of triumph and overcoming. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like they want to hear about, like, cool stuff. But uh, they sold me on it because apparently they showed me some ratings from ESPN when they do those, like, uh, those make-a-wish and things like that. And pretty good for ratings. So that kind of sold me on the whole idea of, yeah, let's tell this guy's story. Fine. All right. Fine. We'll just tell his story for a little bit. But uh, he was a good guy and... We hope you guys enjoyed that. Speaking of ratings, one thing that is getting some great ratings in podcasting right now is true crime. That's right. If you guys don't know, there are a lot of true crime podcasts out there. I'm not going to go ahead and name them because why would I name any podcast but the Calling It Now podcast? But there's been some true crime in the NFL in the last couple of days. That brings us to our first segment of the day. This is Rule Breakers. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Your opinion, man. It's just the game, man. Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Now, some of you may know, we did this segment a few weeks ago here on the podcast, and we were here talking about suspended players. That's what you do in this part of the podcast. And wait, hold on, what is that? Oh man, you guys, we are having our first Hail to the Chief, oh I so called it moment on the show, because I kind of so called it, you guys, like I, oh my god, I so called it, oh, oh yeah, I called it. Like I said, a couple weeks ago we did this segment, and we talked about a guy at the end who hadn't been suspended, but was having some behavioral issues, and that was Zeke Elliott, and I said just a few weeks ago that at that point even, I would be drafting... Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham ahead of him and now there are stories coming out that the NFL is in fact investigating uh, some domestic allegations against him and he did get in a bar fight the other night so called it Uh, he's going probably around the end of the first round now hopefully you are drafting or you did draft guys like Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham or even Julio ahead of him uh, just a few weeks ago but yeah, it looks like he's the end of a first round now. He's probably going to miss two to three games. He's still a guy that 
I like a lot this year, depending on how long the suspension is. But I'm saying end of the first round, maybe beginning of the second at this point uh, for Zeke Elliott. Uh, another guy who got in some trouble of relevance for fantasy purposes recently was Doanta Foreman, who is the rookie running back for the Texans that was maybe going to challenge Lamar Miller uh, a little bit. Uh, for some touches this year, but he just got hit with marijuana and weapons charge, uh, and that's not looking good too too good for him. That's not looking too good for him. So as far as his draft stock goes, he is completely off my radar now. Uh, someone I'll watch on the waiver wire, you know, midway through the season possibly, but that's about it. And it doesn't affect Lamar Miller much for me either. He's still a guy I'm taking in the third round. Uh, maybe early to late third round. It's not someone who's sexy, but he's going to get a lot of touches. And that's all you want from him is hopefully he'll get all those touches and be able to stock up a couple hundred yard games, maybe a few touchdowns here and there. But uh, yeah, that's all we wanted to get in today with Rule Breakers. Uh, so that has been this segment. Move on. Go. Just We're moving on. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Your opinion, man. It's just a game, man. Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a lot to get into today, like I've said. Training camps are starting up. Rookies have just gotten into training camps in a bunch of different teams. As of right now, veterans are going to be reporting next week which means there are going to be some training camp battles for certain positions and i just want to talk about a few training camp battles that i'm very interested fantasy wise uh that can affect how i'm drafting going into the season so right now here are some training camp battles to watch and keep an eye on and this is four down territory four down territory First down. Now, the first training camp battle I want to talk about is the Houston Texans quarterback battle between Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson. This is going to not only affect these two players, but it'll also affect the surrounding players in the offense. The Texans last year had one of the worst quarterback situations in the league with Brock Osweiler and all those other... Even Tom Savage played last year. He was terrible. All these guys were horrible for Houston last year, and it really affected their skill position players, which is why I'm hoping Deshaun Watson gets the start in Week 1. They're saying Tom Savage is the starter as of right now, but I think Deshaun Watson will most likely pass him in the middle of preseason. I think it's just like a veteran placeholder as of right now. But... uh Hoping Deshaun Watson is the starter come the start of the season has me high on DeAndre Hopkins, a guy who just two years ago had 111 receptions, 1,500 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get those astronomical numbers again, but I would much rather... I think he's going to get closer to that than what he did last year, uh, having that horrible quarterback play, because he's just the best player in this offense, hands down. And he's the most talented player, and they need to feed him the ball. And Deshaun Watson will feed him the ball. 
So I'm definitely in on his draft price of a late second round, early third round pick as of right now. Um, It's also going to affect some skill position players in Will Fuller, a wide receiver who's going later on right now. Showed a lot of potential last year, someone who is definitely worth taking a look at later in drafts. And C.J. Fedorowicz was a tight end that kind of came on last year a little bit. And hopefully he takes another step this year as well. And we get that better quarterback play in Texas. I think it's going to help everyone around there. Second down. Now, the second training camp battle that I'm really watching here is a running back battle for the San Francisco 49ers between Carlos Hyde and Joe Williams. Now, I'm thinking Carlos Hyde eventually wins out because he is a very talented back, but right now he's going in about the fourth round. I've even seen him go sixth round in some drafts just because it hasn't... The 49ers don't have much talent in that offense and I've heard that apparently Carlos Hyde is struggling with Kyle Shanahan's new playbook who's the new head coach there and he's been hitting the wrong holes in minicamp and he just hasn't looked great overall yet so a lot of people are saying that Joe Williams is a guy that could eventually take over for him or even start the season out splitting carries with Carlos Hyde but I don't really see that happening I think Carlos Hyde is a very talented back. Um, He definitely has suffered with injuries in his first couple years of the league, but when he has played, he's looked very good. So I'm hoping Carlos Hyde wins out here. And if he does, I've been taking him in the fourth and fifth round in some of my best ball drafts, and I'm still going to be on him even later into the preseason, hopefully once we see that he kind of takes the reins of this job. Third down. The third training camp battle that I'm very much keeping an eye on, this one interests me a lot, is uh, the Minnesota running back battle between Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook. Uh, Latavius Murray, he's been injured since they signed him uh, earlier in the offseason, and he hasn't really practiced with the team at all. He hasn't been on the field yet, and then they went out and they drafted Dalvin Cook in the second round, and They are definitely desperate for a great running back there after having AP for so long. And I really think Dalvin Cook can take over this job. I've seen him play in college. He was one of my favorite players in college to watch all the time. And he's going in, you know, around the sixth round at this point, which I think is a great deal. I don't know how much Latavius Murray really does for them this year. He was part of that three-headed attack in Oakland last year, and he couldn't even really pull away from Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. I don't see how he pulls away from a back like Dalvin Cook, who has breakaway ability, is really someone that can be a full workhorse in this in this league. And um, I just don't know. I, I'm taking Dalvin Cook at his price right now. You can take Latavius Murray, too. I haven't seen him going in, you know, 13th, 14th round. He's been going very late. And he's someone, obviously, he could be a touchdown vulture. That's kind of the only thing that I see him really doing, maybe, for Dalvin Cook, is being that touchdown guy. They did that with Matt Asiata the last couple years when they were switching between people with Jarek McKinnon. But, um, yeah, I'm really thinking that this is Dalvin Cook's backfield once he gets out there and he breaks a few runs. So he's someone that I'm definitely interested in, but I'm I am all over Dalvin Cook. I am I am very I'm very high on him. Fourth down.
All right, now this is fourth down. Now this training camp battle is one that is kind of lower on the radar, but it's something I'm very interested in as far as like a deeper pick, like a sleeper kind of pick. And this training camp battle is for the third wide receiver spot in New England. They just signed Brandon Cooks, and they also have Julian Edelman, and also, you know, Gronk is coming back. But on the outside, they're going to have either Chris Hogan or Malcolm Mitchell. And both of these guys showed flashes last year of being, you know, a usable wide receiver. Malcolm Mitchell had like a three-game stretch last year where he was the number one guy when they were dealing with injuries. And then you had Chris Hogan, who came on towards the end of the year as well. He had nine receptions for 180 yards and two touchdowns in the AFC Championship last year. I mean, he's someone that Tom Brady trusts. And these guys are, they're not going to be usable necessarily every week because New England is game plan dependent. Who, seeing who gets that spot is going to be definitely usable for bye weeks and in best ball leagues when you're drafting on myfantasyleague.com. They are people that I am targeting later on just because with all those weapons in that offense, you can't really double up on anyone. And Tom Brady is going to throw to the guy that's open. He is not... He's not biased at all towards towards his wide receivers. He's going to find the pocket. He's going to find the hole in the defense. And it's most likely, if they're going to leave someone open between Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, and Gronk, it's probably going to be this guy. So there's going to be some games where these guys, they do really well. And depending on who gets that slot, and it might even switch throughout the year, it's someone that I'm very attracted to later in drafts or also maybe... You know, just as someone who I'm taking as a fifth wide receiver and going to plug in uh, depending on a matchup uh, every week throughout the year. So uh, that is one that I'm definitely very interested in as a sleeper uh, training camp battle. And uh, that has been Four Down Territory. Four Down Territory. First down. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I am your host, Frank Calhoun, and I am actually sitting here for the interview portion of the podcast with a very funny comic here in Chicago, Anthony Bonazzo. Anthony, welcome to the Calling It Now podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that we could finally get on, get me on the show. I know. We've been working on it for a while. Your agents are they are just a pain in my butt. They really are. I'm sorry about the, you know, the, the tour and the album release. It's been a little crazy for the I last know. month, so... That's right. I know you. You got some big things going on, and it's great to have you here. It's going to be yeah. really great for us. I know it's probably even better for you. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for doing this. No problem. Um, Anthony is a big Giants fan, New York Giants fan. He actually grew up in New York. Uh, and when did you come here to Chicago? Uh, did you come here to start doing comedy? Or? No, I just kind of came here. I really had no plan. I was living in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And. I'm a personal trainer as well, and that All was right. not exactly the, the place to do it. of people to be fit. It was like the tobacco capital of the world. Yeah, exactly. You got a bunch of coal miners and people tobacco. People were smoking during mm-hmm. so It was like, all right, come on. You know, <laughs> what is little, happening here? It's a little here? bit much here. Yeah, you're a big New York Giants fan. You uh, actually started one of the New York Giants bars here in Chicago, right? Well, yeah, I was telling, as I mentioned earlier, we were, uh, was basically when the Giants won the first time, the first time against the Patriots. Uh, I was watching it alone. In and, 2007. Yeah, and I wanted to, I vowed never to do that again. And uh, I went on meetup.com and uh, there was another guy that was, uh, I'll give him a shout out, Carl Martinez, who was, yeah. uh, 
he actually great guy is like the the, the the brains of the whole operation because him and I just kind of collaborated initially that we wanted to do this thing and then mm-hmm. he really took over he's made it really cool now because yeah. like he when you go in the bar like on the giant score there's an like an automated thing that he has on his phone to connect up to the DJ the DJ oh booth, nice the, the Giants uh, back in the New York Groove song cues up mm-hmm. and you know there's it's pretty in depth. Him, it's a yeah, pretty big deal. Him and I were like the first initial people that were like, "Let's do this," and then he sort of yeah. took the reins and has made it to what it is now. I feel like team bars. That's like a big thing now. You know, the a lot Steelers of, seem to dominate a lot. There's a lot of Steelers. I see yeah. a lot of college football, like Michigan State, yeah. around stuff like Steelers that. have to have one for every ring. It know? really is like that. It's just five rings. Five yeah. rings, five bars. Yeah, exactly. Is that how people uh, in Pittsburgh prob- talk? Probably. But uh. So you're you had this bar and you're it's 2011 and now it's the second time the Giants are making a run. Yeah, so we had moved around to like to a couple different bars and then we've been at Racine Plumbing for the last few years, and uh, being that the bar, you know, was a Chicago Giants bar, we've obviously become close over the years. A lot of mm-hmm. people, have, you know, become friends. And we knew we were going to go to Indy, at least for the, at the minimum, for the festivities of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, which we did. And uh, we went, we, we had thought about going to maybe going to the game, but we, yeah. we, nobody was really 100% on board with going to the game. Well, yeah. It, I mean, because it, it's, it's almost like you have two weeks to be like, all right, are we going to do this? You yeah. know, it's a couple grand each. <laughs> right. How are we going to pull right. this off? You know, it is close in right. vicinity. And the problem was we were facing was not only the cost of the tickets, but hotel rooms were going for six hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I mean they're gonna jack everything it was up. Ridiculous. Yeah. And we were just like, is this a joke? Like even we we didn't find a place that was like forty minutes outside of uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. And right. It was still like six hundred for the night. Yeah, and it's probably in the middle of like a cornfield oh, yeah. in Indiana. Yeah. You know, just the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So this is why this is why the the story pre Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it becomes like this like Sports Illustrated storybook story because everything just sort of worked out like magically mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a kind of like you know cliche word like a Mario Manningham catch it really did <laughs> it really did with everything so we went down and we were just you know enjoying the they have like the Super Bowl Village and yeah. all that stuff so we took all that in and then we were going to bars at night, and it was $45 to get into some of these bars. And yeah. It was just like, you know, are we really doing this? That's like how it was at the World Series here this yeah. year. They were charging like 100 yeah. bucks yeah. to just sit at yeah, the bar. to breathe the air in regret. Right. So people started dropping out. So like some people that we drove down with were like, you know what, I'm taking the bus back. I'm going home. I'm not going to go. Yeah. And basically got down to like me, my friend Ollie, mm-hmm. his coworker, and then our friend Danny, who was sort of doing his own thing yeah. with other people and but the key part of the story was one of the fellow Giants bar attendees was supposed to come with us but he last minute had to work so he couldn't come right but he did say you know we've got this house that, that you guys can have access to it's an ex-girlfriend of mine her parents are, have the house on the market it's empty so you have to bring your own air mattresses mm-hmm. they said that you'd be more than welcome to stay there for free <laughs> Yeah. So it was like road All rules. Right. We, it was literally was like road rules. We showed up with air mattresses and blankets. Yeah. And found this key under the rock, and we're like, we have a free house like twenty minutes outside of Lucas Oil. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So we, you know, we spent a couple of nights doing that, and then people started leaving. They were like, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to stay. It's going to be too much money. You know, forget it. I'd rather be in Chicago anyway at the Giants. Right. So the morning of the of the uh, 
of the game, we're packing up the car and we're and we're driving, and I, I just something was just off. I'm like, what are we doing? Like we're going what is to Chicago to watch the Super Bowl, but we can see the stadium yeah. where it's being played. We've been sitting across here. the highway. I'm like, what are we doing? And my friend. How many chances do you have for something like that? It's like, you know, there are teams that have been waiting all 50 years to even go to a Super Bowl, you know, and you're right there. Yeah. So I said to him, I'm like, you know, what are we doing? And he's like, I got to go. You know, my wife needs me. Right. So this is where I was like, I got to manipulate this situation. So I... I, How do I do this? stop and get gas. And his coworker is passed out in the backseat. He's severely intoxicated from the night before he's been throwing up all morning he has no clue what's going on so basically yeah. whatever we decide he's gonna be in on we're going home we're going home we're going to the game we're going to yeah. so I get his wife on the on speakerphone and, and uh, he's like why are you calling Becky and I'm like I just want to talk to her yeah and he, and she's on speakerphone she's like are you guys going to the game and I'm like no Becky Ollie said that you need him home tonight is that <laughs> true She's like, what is he talking about? She's like, yeah. Ollie, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I thought you needed me. She's like, go to the game. What, yeah. What, don't, I don't need you. Don't come home. Right. Go to the game. And I'm like, all it's right. It's a good wife. So I was like, thanks. And I hung up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, even your wife wants us to go to the game. And he's like, we're going home. So we start driving down the highway. And like, we're literally about to turn off the exit where it says like, you know, to go to Chicago. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about this over and over. And I'm like, suddenly like Al Pacino on any given Sunday. I'm yeah. Like, Football. And I just like give this <laughs> speech. And I'm like, this is going to be the stupidest thing we've ever done. We're going to get to Chicago. Why would we leave? We're going to regret this. Yeah. And I'm like, and you're going to regret this for the rest of your fucking life. And then he literally just goes... Like yeah. pulls over <laughs> and he goes get on the phone and he hits dial and he's got these like ticket brokers that are in his phone yeah the before he left and that was that 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 was the that was our next six and a half hours was yeah. us looking for reasonably priced tickets and the, it, they were ridiculous it was like the cheapest we found the first couple hours was 3500 yeah and it was Holy dropping shit. down that's per ticket yeah then it was 3800 and then we found a couple for like twenty seven hundred, and then I was like, "Let's just go down to the game. We'll figure yeah. this out." So we go. Let's get outside there. Yeah. Let's yeah. be physically there. Right. Let's get off our phones. Let's just be around the people. Someone's going to be selling right. something. And that's what we did. And we and then the next few hours were spent talking to brokers who are just the biggest dirtbags. Oh I mean, yeah, I mean, he's like, "I cut you guys a deal three fifty, you know, thirty five hundred for these four. You know what? You're not going to get a better price anywhere. I'm, yeah. I'm like, what? And they I'm all like, are in no. like cahoots with yeah. one another. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're setting they're the just market. All exactly. So. The people that I'm with, God bless them all, they're not like privy or they're like at least believing them. Yeah. And I've got, I'm on like, okay, that sounds reasonable. Full on jersey mode. I'm yeah. Like, I don't care <laughs> if I piss anybody off. I'm going to be a dirtbag. Like, this is it's the like, way to do it. This is sleazeball side that exactly. never comes out is coming out right now. So we spent a long time looking. We went into a couple of places where you could actually like talk to a physical person at a, like a, like a desk and they would take your credit card. Right. And they were like, we're sold out. Like, you know, we don't have any tickets left. Four, yeah. four together, we don't have them. Then we found a couple of brokers. Then we, you know, then he was like thirty seven hundred. Then, then like we waited, and as they got closer to game time, their prices suddenly like came down. They're well, like, right. All right, you know, twenty seven hundred. You know, we were like, no. And then my friends are getting mad at me because I'm basically saying no to everything. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 not happening. No. And these brokers all hated my guts. They're like, oh, yeah. you're back here again. And I'm like, well, don't worry, we're not talking to you. Like I was <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just like, I don't even care. It was like the Sopranos, Anthony came out. 
Somebody found this guy and he goes, I give you four, uh, 2,500, you know, this is the, the great seats. And, and 2,500 each? 2,500 each. Yeah. And my friend starts pulling out a wad of cash. He's going to pay for all the tickets. And I go, what are you doing? He goes, Anthony, we got to do it. This is the best what we found all day. And I see my friend go over to him and I was like, depending on his reaction is how I'm going to react, whether or not we do this with this guy or not. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you guys are trying to fucking lowball me. Yeah. And I, I, my friend Ollie comes over and he goes, what do you want me to do? And I go, I want you to go back over there. And he goes, yeah. And I go, and I want you to tell that guy that I told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> and he goes over and he goes, my friend said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And he goes, all right, that's it. That's it. And he just walks away. He's gone. We've got no tickets. Yeah. You know, now how, it's like How much time? It's like 5.30. Yeah. The game starts at like 6. Okay. So yeah. everybody in the group is like, they hate my guts. Like, right. I, I'm feeling a lot of negativity from everybody. Yeah. They, I feel like they want to we kill stayed, me. We stayed. We don't even what have tickets. What are we, you what's know, going we on? The one, that was yeah. that one guy. So I was like, I got an idea. I said, I heard this from somebody who went to the Bears Super Bowl when they played the Colts. Mm-hmm. Go on StubHub. So right. we go on StubHub, and he's like, you know, my friend Danny's looking. He's like, I found four together. Oh, that's 2,200. 2,200. Right. He's like, you guys want to do 20? Never mind. It's gone. Yeah. We're searching, we're searching, we're updating, and the signals yeah. suck. Oh, right? my God. Signals yeah, suck. when you get around those groups of people like that at games, uh, it just goes. Yeah, you couldn't get any signals. Yeah. And then... Plus, uh, it's 2011. Who knows what the infrastructure yeah, exactly. was then, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> then he hits refresh again. He's like, he's like, 2,400. I got four together. Uh, 2,400. Should I get them? And I'm like, fine. Just, you know, I'm annoyed now. Yeah. Because that's a lot, you know, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of money. money. So, he goes, to, he goes to buy it sold, right? Right. And Immediately. Then, and now it's like 6, 602, 603. Yeah. And there's blood like yeah gonna, people are there's gonna pissed. be a fight yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, there's tempers be, are raring you can feel there's gonna be a fight and then literally like 607 he's like wait a minute he's like i found he's like what he's like what the fuck is this and i'm like what and he says it says it's face i'm like face i'm like what's face and he's, he's like 900 so face value is 900 plus you got all the fees and stuff after right. that, but still 900 dollars. yeah value. i mean so he goes she types in the credit card and we're hitting refresh and that little ball is rolling and yeah. we have no idea because like basically you this is know. it this yeah. is it if, there's, if we don't get this this is it and also my friend Danny who's very animated he goes we got him we got him <laughs> he's screaming so now it's just like a mad dash into the stadium yeah so we run in and they're like hold, hold, hold up you, you know where's your so we show him the phone he goes oh you guys are with the stub up you guys are with the special release crew and we're like what and he goes, yeah, with your tickets, you get a a, a, a special pass with StubHub and a free dinner. So what? We're like, what? What? So we get <laughs> these, like, like laminated tickets now. Yeah. We create a quick picture. Everything's happening, like, a mile a minute because the game starts in, like, eight minutes now. Yeah. And we run down, and there's this huge buffet spread of, like, barbecue chicken, hamburgers, hot dogs, nice. salads, coleslaw, and we're all just, like... Trying to like enjoy it, yeah. but we're like you know, like we've it's got like the napkins in our shirts, like, oh. yeah, <laughs> stuff's going all yeah. over ourselves. So we're like, we gotta get in, we gotta get in, we gotta get in, we're gonna miss the kickoff, we gotta go. And I'm like, we gotta run, the, we're running in, and I gotta go to the bathroom. Right. So I have no idea where the seats are. But they give me my ticket. I go to the bathroom. I come back out. I ask the guy. I said, where do I go? And he goes, you're down there. And I start walking, and I'm getting really, really close to the field. Yeah. But I'm like, what is happening right now? And I look at my friend. And he's already in his seat, but standing, like, waving at me. Yeah. And he's mouthing over and over again. And I'm reading his holy lips going, holy fucking shit. Yeah. And I'm walking. And you know when you're, like, at a game, you're expecting, like, 
to hear a whistle or a security guard stop yeah, you. Yeah, excuse me, sir. That's this how is... close we got. We were yeah. literally like six rows from the field. Oh my god! And we're like, holy fucking shit! Like we sat down and we're like, I mean, when they're we're in, in the, the stadium, zone, are you end zone? We're or? right in the end zone. Yeah. So the final play of the game was in our seats, and and we had written down the other seats. The guy that I told him to go fuck himself, I yeah. asked him where those seats were. And we looked up and we saw where they were, and they were all the way up at the top of the ceiling in the worst nosebleed. They yeah. were the worst seats oh, ever. Oh, I'm sure. For you know, a thousand dollars more or more than a thousand dollars. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars more. Ridiculous. So we sat together. The Super Bowl crowd is definitely different because it's a lot of people that can afford to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so it's definitely. It's not like a. It's no, going to be a no different hoity-toity crowd. Yeah, the guy in front of me, I'm like, How, you know, you're rooting for anybody. He's like, no, I work for BMW, and they gave us these tickets. That's what a lot bags. of the Super Bowl is. Yeah. And then, uh, like, us being Giants fans, we were like standing. People were like, hey, sit down down front. And we're like, we're like, are you kidding? It's I go, the are Super you kidding? Bowl. That's exactly. <laughs> right. I go, are you kidding me? It's the Super Bowl. What is the matter with you? Yeah, exactly. And they don't get it. And then, and then yeah, and then. Um, uh, the Patriots started like driving down the field, and, this, right. and then this, this, and then they scored, and then I thought they were gonna lose, and then, he, and then uh, this guy behind me was a Patriots fan. I use quotes. Was this the Ahmad Bradshaw year when Ahmad Bradshaw fell in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that? Yeah, yeah. Because then it came down to the final play when Brady threw the hail mary. Right. And um, so this guy starts talking shit to us. He's like, he's like, yeah, not gonna do it two times. Not gonna do it two times. <laughs> And he's got this little 10-year-old son that I just immediately feel bad for because yeah. he's got him as a dad, and he's got a little Patriots flag, and he just goes, in my face. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Kid, don't. Yeah. This game's not done. If, you're, if, you're, if you've been following the Giants, you know you're not, you're not done until there's no seconds exactly. on the clock left. So then he threw that pass to Welker, and it hit he Welker's stomach, it. and I threw up in my mouth. Like, yeah. I literally, people say that, but like it actually came up. My friend goes, are you okay? And I was like, Ooh. And then he dropped the ball, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm, and I, I swallowed. I'm like, I just threw up. And my friend's like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, I, I now I am. Now yeah. I dropped, <laughs> he dropped that catch. Because basically, if he doesn't drop that catch, they're just going to run the clock out. Right. The game. So the game came down, obviously, to like a, basically a Tom Brady Hail Mary throw at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And me being 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, everybody's now standing. And I'm like, I, so I stood up, and I go, sit down, down in front. <laughs> yeah. And then, we're all having a, a little mini heart attack because it's friggin' Tom Brady. Anything can happen. Right. And I go to my friend Danny. I'm like, you got to tell me when you see because he's you know taller and he and he has a better angle of the end zone. Yeah. And I go, I'm just gonna look at your facial expression because I can't see anything. And he goes, yeah. All right, man. All right. So at the ball, <laughs> you see, I see Brady just lop it up, and then I'm just staring at my friend Danny, literally just staring, <laughs> staring, staring, and then I just see him go. <laughs> and then we're all just jumping on top of one another, screaming. That's incredible. And I think man. I turned to the guy behind me and I'm like, We got the Super Bowl. How do you like them apples? You know, like yeah, just yelling just, like any reference against any Boston, Boston reference. Shit. Yeah. yeah. We're going crazy, and it, it was like confetti was falling down, and like I'm, it says like New York Giants World Champions fireworks are going off. Yeah. And I gathered uh, like each color of the confetti, red, white, and blue, and I put yeah. it in my pocket, and I later framed the ticket. And it has the piece of the confetti at all the oh, that's incredible. sides of the and it's frame now. Yeah. And uh, we just stayed down there. They w- they didn't ask us to leave. We went down. I think because our StubHub <laughs> yeah little lamination made us look like we were way more important figures. Oh than right, we right. Were. Yeah, and uh, so we went down and we were just like yelling at the players and the Giants players were yelling back at us. We were like chatting with people and uh, people dude, were that's amazing. Us. 
Yeah, and I was like a zombie because we were out so late the night before and sleeping on an airbed. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we, we like hung around the stadium for a, a, quite a bit and then we went outside and rewatched the final play again yeah. where I could actually see it this time. And then we cheered again and we, they kept <laughs> the re, replaying the final five yeah. over oh, and yeah. over. And we, we just kept watching and they are like, all right, we got to go home. So we drove back to Indy and then we got to my buddy's house. And, you know, like, I'm getting his stuff out, you know, my stuff out of the trunk, and, you know, I'm, like, pulling out cash and, like, yeah. check to pay him or whatever for the, for the ticket, and he goes, just go, and I'm like, alright, you know, like, I'm thinking, like, I'll chase quick pay him or, yeah. or whatever, you know, and he's like, no, like, just go, and I'm like, what do you mean, just go, I'm like, I got, I gotta, we'll figure it out, you know, like, I'll, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. What do you tell me what you want, because mm-hmm. I know he said he would help, Yeah. he's like, he's like, I don't want anything, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, this is an expensive ticket. He's like, it was face value plus the fees. I was expecting to pay five grand a ticket, and I took out extra cash to help you pay for your ticket, but you saved me like, yeah. a few thousand dollars. Exactly. He's like, so get the fuck out of here. And I was like, no. I'm like, you're not just going to like yeah, just drop two grand on a, you know, on a week. And he, he literally steps in my face, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. You get out of here. <laughs> and then he just slams the door and leaves and I'm like, okay. All right. So for Christmas, I bought him a, uh, he's a big Bradshaw fan, so I got him a, a jersey with his last name on the back with nice. Bradshaw's numbers. But that's my Super Bowl story. That was incredible, man. That's the one thing about the Giants. There's a lot of heartache. Yeah. And then they do stuff like that and right. it makes it all worth it. So That's the beautiful part about like having a team like that. And uh, going in and seeing the Super Bowl, I mean, that's incredible. They're a very difficult team to be a fan of. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like, really difficult. Right. But, and that's, that was a huge risk on our part, because that could have gone either way. Oh, yeah, exactly. And if they lose, you're like, screw the Giants, all my money's oh my down God, the drain. totally wasted yeah. it. But now when you when you do it, you're not even thinking about the price tag. You're like, yeah, that was, that was the, the best. lifelong memory. You're, I mean... You we just, will never forget that story. That story is incredible. Yeah. And you knew all the details. You know, it's like something that's yeah. imprinted yeah. on your mind. Yeah. And that experience is something Very that's... Uh, out of the blue, sometimes randomly, my friend Ollie will send me a text. Hey, remember when we went to the Super Bowl? <laughs> and it's the best text ever because you're like, oh shit. Oh yeah, we did go to the bad. Super Bowl. We went to the Giants Super Bowl and saw them win at, you know, and, and, and celebrate on the field. And, and that night when we came home, you know, I was, you know, unloading basically glitter and confetti yeah. and I kept my seat yeah. from the they these little Super Bowl seat pads right. and I came home it was like 5.30 in the morning because it was a three and a half hour whatever drive yeah. to Indy and I sat on my couch and I just watched the highlight reel until 6.30 in the morning and then I slept all day and woke up and did it again so like yeah. the Super Bowl like joy didn't it's leave all for there. like months oh right and then the following season they were like horrifyingly bad but, yeah um, go hell yeah hands. Go Giants. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you. It's the final call. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I know it was a little bit of a longer one, but we're actually going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus here for the next two weeks as I'm going out of town. But we will be back once the Hall of Fame game comes around. So there's going to be hopefully a lot more content come that time i'm looking to really amp up uh producing these podcasts and bringing them out and i hope you guys enjoy them and if you do enjoy them please share them with your friends and if you can take a minute and review us on itunes give us some stars that really helps us out 
uh, on the rankings on iTunes. And if you can, um, you know, just make sure you subscribe on whatever platform that you're on. Um, I really appreciate all the comments I've been getting and everybody's been messaging saying nice things, which is great. And I hope to keep doing this throughout the season. So um, this is the final call. Uh, let's just drop that dub one more time. I really like that. Let's, let's do that one again. Try your call again. This is a recording. This is a recording. Oh, we got the second version in there. That was, uh, we got two versions of that. So we can, we can switch it up. I like that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So my final call this week is going to be about a running back, another running back final call. This one is about Green Bay Packers running back Ty Montgomery, a guy who had dual eligibility last year, but is only going to be a running back in uh, fantasy for this season. But He's someone who's going in the fifth and sixth round right now who I predict can be a definite low-end RB1 by the end of the season if he stays healthy. Um, He's someone who averaged 5.9 yards a carry. He came on really hard at the end of last season and had some huge games, especially uh, Week 15 versus the Bears. He had 160 yards and two touchdowns. But he's someone who he was originally a wide receiver, so he's definitely going to have some games where he gets a lot of receptions. He had a few 10 reception games last year out of the backfield, and he's someone who I'm very interested in as the Green Bay Packers didn't really invest much into the running back core, even though they were so injured last year. Uh, So I think they have a lot of faith in this guy, and they're going to try to use him a lot, and Aaron Rodgers seems to like him. So that is my final call this week, is that Ty Montgomery is going to be an RB1 by the end of the year. All right, that is the end of the episode. Like I said, we're off for a few weeks, so uh, if you did like us, again, please subscribe on all of your formats that you can listen to us on. Follow me on Twitter at the Frank Calhoun, and we'll see you guys in a few weeks for the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame.